Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Scott. in to the Denver Sports Podcast, brought to you by our great friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. I am your host for today, Jesse Montano, joined by my great friend, AJ Hayden of DNVR Avalanche. Um, AJ, we're starting this pod off with a big disclaimer. Uh, we are doing this, tra- uh, this, uh, this show on some of the biggest trades in, in Denver sports history. Uh, and going back through, there have been uh, some doozies, primarily from two of the four major sports teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, th- but there's been some significant trades um, throughout throughout the last 30, 40 years here in Denver. And we want to talk about those, some relative to the Avs, some very recent ones with the Denver Broncos. Um, <clears throat> but it must be mentioned, you and I are both off of our DNVR Avalanche beat the NHL trade deadline is now three days away, uh, and the abs are in on uh, one of the top targets in the league, at least still. Uh, and you and I are kind of all over our phones right now. So there's a small chance that part of the way through this podcast, it has to transition to a DNVR Avalanche emergency pod if they were to right now kind of fulfill their role as underdog and come through and up the ante and pull Claude Drew out of Philly. Don't know if that's going to happen. Looking less yeah. and less likely. Seems, yeah, seems it seems unlikely. So we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. Yeah, but just wanted to throw that out there. Part of the reason why I was asking around a few people yesterday to jump on the show with us, and there was some scheduling conflicts and stuff. I said, you know what? Maybe it's best if it's just AJ and I. Just on the off chance something happens, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to bail out of here. Um, but first, AJ, we did we did put it out on Twitter. Uh, before we get into some of these past trades, uh, again, the Avalanche are a cup contender this year. Um, it, it's been known for a while. They're trying to make a big splash at the deadline. Uh, Claude Giroux, captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, future Hall of Famer, has pretty much everything on his resume uh, but a Stanley Cup. Um, Was he a future Hall of Famer? I think so. I, I think especially if he wins a cup. Yeah, okay. maybe not a first ballot, but I think he gets there. Um, the Avs have been in on this for a while. What's the latest? Everyone was kind of waiting for Claude Giroux to play his 1,000th game um, in Philly. That happened last night. Very um, emotional night. Uh, Flyers pulled out all the stops for him. It was really more of a farewell game than it was a 1,000th game celebration. Yeah. Uh, what's the latest on Claude Giroux? And how is it pertaining to the Avalanche? Oh, well, right now it's Drew is, uh, he has told Philadelphia which two teams that he'd be willing to accept a trade to. Those are Colorado and Florida. Uh, while making it known that Florida is his preferred destination and Philly trying to do right by one of their all-time greats. 
in franchise history is trying to hammer out a deal with Florida. The complication being that the abs right now allegedly have the better offer, the, the more appealing offer to the Flyers. So they're working through that process. Uh, they've got a couple of days to do it. Drew won't play before the deadline. So there's no there's no threat of, well, we'll just keep him. Right. Um, he's not traveled with the team. He's just hanging out in Philadelphia waiting, really just waiting for the official confirmation that it's Florida. Um, I think the abs are probably just being used as leverage at this point, and uh, that uh, to, in order to get the Panthers to up their offer, and I think the Panthers don't have to blink. Yeah. So it, it's we'll interesting. It's interesting because you know, like you said, so he, Claude Giroux has a full no move clause, meaning he can't be traded anywhere. He doesn't have a list of teams that he'll accept a move to. He, at the end of the day, can choose to waive or veto. Um, so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, they're, they're trying to do right by him. You and I were talking before. I think if the offers are far apart, in the same way, I don't think Claude Giroux is going to completely burn Philly. If it's like, well, we can send you to Florida for a, you know, a middle prospect and a second-round pick, or we can get two pieces we like and a first from the abs. Like, I think he'll, I think he'll do right by them. Uh, but if the offers are close, I'm with you. They're going to do right by, right by Giroux. Um, I'd be willing to bet Philly's or excuse me, Florida's keeping that offer pretty low, but if they need to, they'll bump up a pick. They'll throw in an extra prospect or something like that to get it to what Philly considers close to, to get it done. Um, I'm with you. I, I think the abs are technically still in it, um, but it sounds like, yeah, this is probably, probably shaping up a certain way. Um, uh Oh, the Hagel return is multiple first round picks. Oh, okay. You made that look and I was like, well, there we go. And we're having to jump off and do this. Um, so yeah, lots of movement in the NHL within the last 24 hours. Things have really started to pick up. Um, I, I, this is, I think the most I've seen players held out leading up to the deadline in a few years. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good change. Uh, the, We've seen we've seen this has happened in in the NBA and and MLB for a long long time, and I think it's a quality change. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. It's it makes our jobs at least a little bit more interesting. Been a little on edge for the last few days, but uh, all good things. Um, AJ, let's let's start diving into this a little bit in terms of biggest trades in Denver sports history, and let's start obviously with the most recent one. Um, Tyson Jost oh. for me for Nico. <laughs> that was the that's one. that's the one. It's an earth fan, shaker, baby. Fan favorite sent out yeah, of town. Well, I will say, from a fan perspective, people were rocked by that. Yeah, yeah, not. Uh, and I mean, like, I get it. You and I, you and I both talked about it on the Avalanche show that you and I got to know uh, Tyson Jost quite a bit over the years, and he's a phenomenal, dude. Couldn't couldn't find a better guy. Um, bummed to see him go as the person, but, uh, I can't tell if you're frozen or if you're looking in shock at the Hagel trade. Ooh, I think you are frozen and gone. Oh man. Uh, so I think you guys are with just me right now. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Live, uh, live shows are phenomenal. So we were just talking with AJ uh, about some of the more recent trades uh, here in Colorado history. You know what? Actually, I'm going to do while we wait for AJ to get back on this, because it looks like he's reloading. He's getting rebooted right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pay some bills. I am going to pay some bills here. Uh, oh, man. And I don't even have this pulled up as it's editing or erroring out. This is the worst show of all time. Yeah, here's probably just dying laughing behind the seeds right now. He's back. He's back. The internet just keeps cutting out up here. Yeah, don't say your internet, my microphones. Uh, well, even though AJ's back, 
I am going to go ahead and show uh, our good friends over at DraftKings some love. Since March Madness is going on, college bas- basketball fans can join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it is that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers also uh, can also bet on college hoop, college hoops with same game parlays, uh, becoming a personal favorite on the DNVR Avalanche beat. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 4700. I couldn't decide if you were frozen or just blown away by the Brandon Hagel deal. Um, it was actually my brain processing it in real time. The internet just reacted <laughs> accordingly. It, it picked up, it picked up off the energy I was giving off. Yeah. I was like, damn, this must really be something he's committing to this bit. Uh, <laughs> well, AJ, so I was, I was just kind of starting to transition into, we transitioned out of the, the part where I was like, well, me sitting here talking about this by myself would be ridiculous. Um, where, you know, there's been a lot of big trades. Um, again, look, we love our Rockies. We love the Nuggets. The Nuggets have a few that were big-time trades that that did have a large impact on the franchise, but ultimately never really amounted to much. Um, going through Rocky trade history the last couple days, all the big trades seem to be big names going out. <laughs> And not really a ton coming back in. So yeah, I actually can't think of um, outside of their first like two years of existence. I can't really think of many trades that the Rockies made to bring somebody to Colorado. Yeah, no, there's not. And so I feel bad, but we're probably not going to have a ton of Rockies content on here. Um, just cause yeah, you know, the Tulowitzki trade, obviously Nolan Arenado from just a season ago, big trades, big time trades that made national headlines, but yeah. Well, and like the Walker trade to St. Yep. Louis is what allowed them to sign Dexter Fowler. Yeah. It's really like, it's like the Matt holiday dealing. And that's only because it worked. That's, that's right. like, that's why we remember that deal because they've traded big star for prospects before. But Matt right. Holiday was the only, like, it brought back Cargo, brought back Houston Street, um, who obviously were good players. Yeah. And <laughs> I feel just a little bad that, like, the biggest one for the, the Rockies, like, yeah, and it brought back some good players. And, like, some of these other deals you're talking about, first ballot Hall of Famer, multiple yeah, time like, champions. Yeah, like, Cargo is, like, one of the best Rockies ever. So, right. some, you know, it's it's, and, like, he played a role in a successful time period for them. So that's nice for them, but I would say yeah. that's probably the only Rockies deal. So there we go. Rockies portion of this podcast done. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the nuggets. Cause I, I want us to kind of build yeah. up to abs and Broncos. Cause that is where the meat of all of these is going to come from. Uh, there's a couple that the Bron- excuse me, that the Nuggets have had that again, you wish, you wish that it amounted to more. And and part of this core got them actually to the Western Conference Finals that that were um, part of some of these big trades, starting with J.R. Smith. Uh, back in two thousand six, uh, J.R. Smith J.R. Smith was acquired from the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Howard. Isley and two second round picks. Um, this kind of started to kick off that core uh, that eventually became Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, J.R. Smith that went to a Western Conference final for the uh, Nuggets. 
I remember J.R. Smith. Iverson Nuggets did not go to the conference final. It was the he, Chauncey Billups Nuggets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And yes, the yes, Chauncey sorry. Chauncey Billups is the guy that was involved in the AI deal. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. That was messed up there. Um, I remember <laughs> J.R. Smith most recently for making the ridiculously boneheaded move uh, with the Cleveland. Cleveland Cavaliers that gave us the uh, LeBron meme. Yeah. I'll just yeah. say that turned into a great LeBron meme. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I kind of remember him like, well, what a big dummy for doing that. But J.R. Smith was very good with the nuggets. Uh, yeah. He was their uh, what all time leader and three pointers made up until Will Barton broke it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, played, played a key role on, on again, that, that nuggets team that, Really looked like they were going to do some great things before. Were they swept by the Lakers or was it four to one? They got a game out of that, didn't they? In which year? The year they went to the Western Conference Finals. 2009? No, that was four two. That was a six game four series. Four two. Okay. That was a close uh, six game series, too. I still but I mean, have nightmares about it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> still have nightmares about them not being able to inbound the ball properly. Dude. Well, that was, it was just, it was such a fun run that again it you were looking at the team it was jr smith it was carmelo anthony when there was still a little bit of hero chauncey billups like right the best basketball player to ever come out of colorado was leading the nuggets with championship experience because he'd won a chip with detroit at that point in his career so i mean it was just it was a huge deal yeah, the, and, and the 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 Chaun- getting getting Chauncey Billups and going on that run it was a huge deal. Well, so so let's start getting to that because after they acquired J.R. Smith, uh, they they did bring in Allen Iverson. It was also a huge deal, just because like AI deal. was like, look, I'm it's not working with Philly, got to get out of here, and like Denver being Denver in the NBA mm-hmm. landscape, you know, it's not ever been particularly relevant. Yep. Uh, it had never really this been all that competitive. They couldn't yeah. get out of the first round. They were on and on and on and on and on, right? And then it was like, oh, it's Allen Iverson, like one of the best guards ever. Yep. And on paper, I mean, you're you're like, like think about in that era, it was just like, let's just dribble the ball into the, you know, <laughs> and, and run ISO after ISO after ISO. Just imagine how different it would have been in today's basketball era where, you know, in the pace and space era where those two guys could have gotten to play together in, in mellow at peak mellow and Allen Iverson, even, even a later stage Allen Iverson in his career, you know, it, ah, man, what could have been just, (laughs) I do remember that trade for exactly what you're talking about right now, though, was, you know, they had drafted Carmelo Anthony, uh, I believe third overall, correct? Yep. Third overall. Um, they had had a team that, that looked like they were starting to build. Um, <laughs> one of the things as a young kid, I remember they had recently gone through the rebrand to the powder blue new look. Yeah. Kiki Vandaway tried to make it as UCLA as he possibly yeah. could <laughs> in honor yeah. of his alma mater. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> And then they brought in Allen Iverson. And I really do remember at the time, like even kind of double taking like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that like the Allen Iverson? Is there a second Allen Iverson that I don't know that plays in the NBA? Cause I mean, bona fide superstar to your point in the back half of his career. But that was the biggest name I remember as a kid coming through the Nuggets system coming into that organization and kind of being their first little bit of star power that they were able to bring in, not counting drafting Carmelo Anthony. Cause you know, you, you get high draft picks from being bad. Um, but I remember that being a big deal in terms of like feeling a little bit legitimized as, as a city in terms of basketball. Uh, felt, and then it felt good. I mean, it felt exciting cause it was, like Melo hadn't done anything with the Nuggets, really. You know, like they hadn't gone anywhere and done anything. Well, and he had the he had the unfortunate, um, you know, luck of he was going to be bumped up next to LeBron James because 
top three in the same draft pick. And well, and that that draft class ended up crazy because Dwayne Wade was the next pick. Yep. Chris Bosch was in that draft. Like it ended up being a crazy draft class. And of course, those three guys combined to be the Heatles down in Miami. <laughs> Win a string of titles together, bitches. Something like that. Uh, but then to, to the point that you made earlier that I misspoke on, uh, Allen Iverson then a few years later flipped for hometown hero Chauncey Billups. And again, this was another one of those ones where kind of like the Allen Iverson deal initially, big name. And it meant a little bit more. Homegrown kid, played at CU, um, had won a championship in the NBA, Yep. Returns to Denver and again, really kind of put them as close to a title as they've ever been. Yeah. That was it. I mean, that's that's as close as the Nuggets ever got to touching God. Yeah. And it felt and yeah. it was it was a ton of fun. And it of course, of course, it was the Lakers in the way. Yeah. Uh I was trying to figure out what word to preface Lakers with and I just decided that they're evil enough that they can stand on their own. Yeah. The Lakers were in the way and the you know, it just worked out that way. That was the series where Kobe perfected the thing that he did where he jutted his jaw out. And like it was Well, it was it was one of those uh years where you know, you talk about it all the time and I know people have talked about it with Peyton Manning. Um I'm trying to think of some other examples, uh, you know, the, the, the bulls, uh, in the NBA where you have really good teams and it's just unfortunate that, you know, Peyton Manning had to go through Tom Brady every year, not necessarily the years he was with the Broncos, but you know, with yeah. the Colts, he's in the same division. Uh, you know, they, well, he, they were, they were in the same conference and ultimately those roads led through each other and right. It, to get out of the West in that, in that area, you had to go through Kobe and it was, it, it's interesting because uh, they, I, I don't even remember who they played in the first round that year, um, but they rolled through them and then they beat Dirk's Mavs and then, and like with relative ease. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, now you got to like slay the giant here. Cause it, yeah. it that felt like the NBA finals that year. Mm-hmm. That felt like the finals. Um, who you know, whoever was coming out of the East just did not feel like they quite matched up. Um, so that was a um, uh, look. It was a great. It was a great time. It was a, having having Chauncey, like the local kid, be partially responsible for the Nuggets' greatest success was a wonderful story. And it's just too bad they couldn't quite close. Yeah. So. That's kind of thanks for nothing, Trevor Reza. <laughs> That's kind of the Nuggets' big trade history, right? Obviously, they made a ton of trades. Yeah, I mean, Nuggets. then they moved Melo to the Knicks, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, built the foundation of that the the George Carl team that he won Coach of the Year. Um, Masai won executive of the year and then the Nuggets didn't bring any of them back the year after that <laughs> and they totally bottomed out and walked into the Brian Shaw era. That was a big deal. Um, when they traded for Marcus Camby, they traded Antonio McDice for Marcus Camby. That was a big deal. They traded all those first round picks to get Kenyon Martin. That was a big deal because Kenyon that Martin, was... Yeah, wow. That was like the that was like their big power move. Uh, when they went all in, they were, they also, um, you know, it's weird that multiple of these deals with the Knicks, but um, the, when they had the, the, when they picked Nene and Skittish Vili in the top 10 together, like think about how different that goes. If those guys both turned into Nene was great. Like he, I can't, I can't say Nene didn't live up to his potential. I thought he was great, but uh, just too soft, too nice of a guy. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Skeeter was a total disaster. Um, but like, could have what could have been right because they had done such a good job acquiring assets and putting themselves in a position to be successful. The Nuggets, the Nuggets had a solid trade history. You know, I would say one of their sneakier. Uh, you know, obviously the Aaron Gordon deal recently was a big deal because um, they they kind of beat out other teams for that like final piece if you yep. will 
Uh, I but one of their one of their you know look we, we mentioned him breaking their three point record. Will Barton like that was yeah. Will Barton was not Will Barton when they went and got him. Right, I would say that was one of their better under the radar moves. Uh, yeah. Was was targeting Will Barton and helping him develop into the player that he has been in Denver for his career. He's been an important player for them. I know he's a polarizing figure amongst Nuggets fans, but as somebody who's not involved in the day in and day out of the Nuggets, but does regularly watch their games, it's been great to see the Nuggets develop, help develop a guy like Barton. Yeah. Well, and and you got, mentioned they they go got ahead. a legit starting caliber player, right? Uh, out of that deal. You mentioned Aaron Gordon, and I and I thought about including him, uh, you know, in in this overarching conversation in terms of the deal to bring him in because that was a again we talk about the deal. important deal, and and you know it's a big name player bringing him into Denver to try to be part of that last piece. Um, I didn't include him just because the Nuggets again, and maybe this changes a lot over the next two months. Just haven't done much with him here yet obviously there's been a lot of injuries this year uh that have led to that as we might be losing aj again um but uh that's why i didn't have aaron gordon uh on my list but but i think it's a great point um that again that that's an important deal for the nuggets bringing someone in again it just we can lose sight of it sometimes with the broncos and even the abs a little bit um in the NBA, it's a big deal to bring in big name players to a market like this. Uh, I'm going to remind you guys about our good partners over at Evaca TV. Look, if you haven't been able to watch the Nuggets or Avalanche games, uh, Evaca TV is a totally new TV delivery service that is less expensive, more efficient, and offers a superior picture than legacy providers. Uh, service includes local networks like Altitude Sports and other national channels. Evaca TV is growing constantly and adding new channels to their lineup. The service is now available in Denver, Colorado Springs, Phoenix, Boise, and Twin Falls, Idaho. Most importantly, Evaca TV has altitude sports. Let me repeat that. Evaca TV has altitude sports, making it easy to follow the Colorado sports teams you love, including the Nuggets, Avalanche, Rapids, and Mammoth. Plus, you'll access coverage Uh, You'll have access to coverage of the Rams, Pioneers, and Baseball 2 with the addition of AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain, which is coming soon. Go to evoca.tv slash dnvr. That's evoca, E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash dnvr. Only $25 per month plus the receiver. No contracts, no hidden fees, and that price is locked in for two years. The DNVR Sports Podcast brought to you by Breckridge Brewery, Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, talking biggest trades in Denver sports history. And thankfully, we haven't had to bail out yet to talk about a current trade. I think we're um, good. I think we're good. With the Colorado Avalanche. I, I do too. I think I think we'll make it through. Um, so yeah, AJ, I think, you know, the Nuggets, a lot of those deals would have been much higher. Not that we're really putting together a list here, but they would have been much higher in the list had one of those uh, teams turned into a championship team. Um, they didn't. Yeah, and I and I think like you could put those moves, some of those moves into the same category that you would put like the Avs trading for like Theo Fleury, right? You know, where a big one, uh, a big, a big, a big deadline deal, a big important trade, um, but it just does not end in. Mm-hmm. the chip that you want right but the player I mean, is could... great for you and everything like everything worked except for did not win the cup right right um well let's 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 move on to a couple teams here that have made trades that have directly led uh to championships i'm going to start with the nuggets or excuse me holy shit the broncos just because they have made the biggest most recent splash uh, in in Denver sports. Yeah, I mean, the Russell Wilson trade is enormous. Huge. It is landscape shifting. Uh, if Russell Wilson just continues to be Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. like I know that he's coming off of a down year uh, and for the first time ever had injury issues. 
But if you take that, like if you take away the injuries and the games in which he played through injury, like Russell Wilson is still sick is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, he's still a top 10 quarterback, like, you know, where, where he is in that hierarchy probably depends on how much, how you really feel about the trade. But I mean, uh, like that, if you told me that drafting Drew Locke would eventually end in him being dumped <laughs> for Russell Wilson, I probably wouldn't have been as disappointed as I was when Drew Locke was drafted. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, uh, you know. Do you think, just real quick, do you think Russell Wilson can play for 10 to 12 more years? Uh, I don't, I don't know about that, especially at his size with the way that he runs around and the mobility and all that. One of the, you know, he has to stop getting hit as much as he has, which is part of Mm -hmm. his problem with this in, you know, in Seattle was that he just, he was just getting hit too much. Uh, despite crazy escapability, somehow the guy was still getting hit all the time. (laughs) How do you build an offensive line this bad? But right. Whatever. Well, at least it's um, not an issue for Broncos. I don't. I don't think. Uh, but I would be surprised by ten years. I, my goal is let's let's get to six. <laughs> like let's yeah. let's see let's if they can get six quality years quality. out of Russell Wilson. If they can get six years of top ten play, that should put them in contention. That puts you mm-hmm. if you can get if you have a top ten quarterback, you should be competing for a Super Bowl. Flat out. If you have a top 10 quarterback playing like a top 10 quarterback, you should be competing for a Super Bowl. So uh, if they can get those six years, that would be great. I mean, let's be real. After so, the last six years, I would take four years. Right. <laughs> so Russell Wilson is super picky here about how long Russell Wilson can play. But part of the appeal of the deal is that he is arriving to Denver two years younger than Peyton Manning was when Peyton Manning got here. And if we can get, I just added those two years to Peyton's tenure. It's really all mm-hmm. I did. Let's get to six. Yeah. 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 Russell Wilson is 33. He'll be 34 uh, this season in November. Uh, so yeah. So six years puts him right on the doorstep of 40. And to your point, it's not exclusive just to football players that, rely heavily on their mobility and their legs and their athleticism uh, as a huge part of their game. Typically that decline is a little bit steeper. And like I said, that's not exclusive to football or quarterbacks. Um, You and I talk about it all the time relative to hockey and hockey players um, that, yeah, when that's your main tool, it's a little bit harder to extend that career really far beyond 10 to 12 years puts him near 45, which I don't know. Um, it's it's a huge deal, but as of right now today, still far from being the Broncos' biggest deal, correct? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know. We don't know how it turns out, right? Right. right. That's what I'm saying. As of today, as of yeah. March 18th, 2022. Um, that's a hilarious comment that just came through. Yeah. Um. Russell Wilson still probably isn't eh, maybe if you're talking trades, maybe he's worked his way into the top three, but there's a couple big deals um, that the Broncos have made first and foremost guy named John Elway. Now this deal was, we we have to limit Elway to just his on field impact. Otherwise, hundred percent, hundred percent. Otherwise you're talking about maybe the most impactful trade in sports history because of the impact that LA had on Denver as a sports city, as a part of the landscape, and then turning around and becoming the general manager and winning a Super Bowl as the GM. And I know mm-hmm. that everybody was like, oh, when John LA stepped down, they were like, it was like a parade in town. It was like they mm-hmm. won their fourth Super Bowl. But like that dude like built a legit Super Bowl team. The fact that it's held against him that he only did it once is wild to me and says a lot about what Joe Sackick has in his future if things don't go particularly well in Ball Arena. But uh, we have to limit this to just the on-field impact. 
Yeah, because yeah. the um, the the Elway trade was so sprawling and so impactful on the rest of the sports scene in Denver that it it just too it's too much. Like it's an over it's overwhelming. So and even even as just on field, come on, right? I for my money still a top five quarterback. Even yeah. even with all the great ones that you know with the Mannings and Brady's and. Rogers and Breeze and you know all these guys from this gen or this last generation that were unbelievable. John Elway, like p- people will go and look at Elway's numbers and and be like, "What's impressive about this?" <laughs> and it's like, okay, right? I I see you. You either didn't live through that era or you have forgotten what football right. was like back then, right? Uh, right. And how bad some of those Broncos teams were that he just put on his back. And yeah. just carried to relevance over well, I mean, and over and over and over. He was on John Elway was Superman. It's it's you hear about some of these guys, and there's going to be another guy that we'll get to, and we're talking about the Avs in in the ultra competitive change the way that teams looked at stuff. Um, but John Elway was absolutely that person. You know, we've heard about it and, and that's even part of been some of the criticism that was lever- leveraged against him as a GM is that he's, he is so prideful. He is ultra competitive. And mm-hmm. again, taking back, not, ignoring the, the GM side of it, that shapes a locker room that shapes an organization. Well, and it that, sets a tone. It, right. it sets a tone for your, the attitude of your organization, how, how your best player comports himself is an enormous part of how your culture develops in an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he did that for years. And and now it's funny because um, before they were the avalanche, the Quebec Nordiques dealt with actually a similar situation on the other side of it, where John Elway had been drafted. He didn't want to go uh, the Baltimore Colts. They yeah. were in Baltimore at the time. Yeah. He didn't want to play for Frank. Cush. Yep. Yep. Uh, didn't want to play there. There was a bit of a standstill eventually traded to the Denver Broncos. So, I mean, they got him as a, you know, technically as a rookie. Uh Oh, go on. Okay. No, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm so on edge these days that anytime you make a face, I'm like, and we're having to get off of this. No, Sturm Sturm is going to play in the middle of new hook and Confer. See, that's why I made that. Face. <laughs> um, so you know they, they they got him young, but but now I'm not old enough to remember when John Elway first came to the Broncos. I was um, not born. Yeah, yeah, but from everything that I've gathered, people, you know, we we know some pretty smart Bronco people. Um, it it changed the the face of that franchise and really has kind of changed it in a way that has bled through to now. And it's part of the reason why there is this, in my opinion, a little weird, you know, mindset of the Broncos aren't allowed to lose. Like they're not allowed to be bad. Well, it was, it was really up until this most recent run. It was because they didn't. Yeah. They had two losing seasons in like 30 years. Like (laughs) they just didn't, put losing seasons on the board and when they did it was a, it was a one off you know they had their share you know especially at the the second half of the Mike Shanahan era but they had their share of 8 and 8s right but an 8 and 8 season was far from a losing season 8 and 8 was considered a failure in Denver right and that's just how expectations were and that's because Elway raised them that high so dramatically yeah yeah and then when he left you remember when he left they were coming off of you know they were coming off a run where they went 12 and 4 13 and 3 you know yeah yeah i think yeah like they they were just they were just that good back-to-back super bowls yeah um so i i mean it's it's Hard to say because sometimes can be forgotten. Uh, Peyton Manning was a free agent pickup. Yeah. Um, technically wasn't wasn't a trade. And look, I, I I told you again doing some of this research, there were I, there were trades that the Broncos made that 
the players became such staples and such fabric of who the Broncos were and for a while who the sports scene was that you forget that they weren't homegrown Broncos. Champ Bailey, uh, I guess technically they did draft Terrell Davis, but that was um, they, they traded for that pick with the Minnesota Vikings. The Broncos have made some really big, impactful trades over the years, and you forget that because those players integrated and became such a big part of the the current the teams that they were on, but also the organization. Like Champ Bailey, yeah, I remember him being traded away at the end, but like to me, Champ Bailey is like a lifelong Bronco. I forgot it that is he was traded. Really, for. really weird to think of Champ Bailey as a New Orleans Saint at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even if it was it was just one year that he was there, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um but sure enough, yeah, Champ Bailey brought in. But I I think well, it's Champ Bailey to... had maybe the single greatest season that a modern quarter cornerback has ever had. Um, where he had ten interceptions and allowed, I think, fourteen completed passes all season. <laughs> and was and and that was the year that he had the 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 pick of Brady in the playoffs yep. that he ran back a hundred yards and absolutely fumbled at the one yard line when Ben Watson ran him down and they called it out of bounds because they didn't have a definitive look. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that was, I mean, the, the champ Haley and Clinton Portis was on his way to being an all time great. Like he was like the successor to Terrell Davis. Yeah. Uh, he was on his way to being like, yeah, we're going to rewrite these books. <laughs> and then they went and got Champ Bailey uh, and Tatum Bell, who ended up selling yeah. cell phones at the Aurora Mall. So, Woof. yeah, things went Life well there. But, yeah. uh, I mean, Champ Bailey is a first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason. Yeah. You know, he was a no-brainer. Like, he's the gold standard of cornerbacks. Uh in the last 20 years, you know, the, you look at greatest cornerbacks of all time and you have guys like Deion Sanders and uh, Daryl Green and Champ Bailey is in that top five. For sure. Easily. For sure. And, and yeah, so like you said, it's, it's, and even John Elway, and again, I know there's a bit of an asterisk on, on John Elway because he didn't technically play anywhere else. Um, but that was someone they had to give up assets to bring in. Yeah. Um, it was a trade. It was a trade. They didn't draft yeah. him. They traded for him. Right. Um, but again, like those are two major influential players. And then again, once you talk about John Elway, there's a much larger impact. So, uh, it's hard to argue that those, uh, especially the John Elway one, that that isn't, uh, the biggest trade in Denver sports history, but the Avs have a couple on their resume as well. That, uh, that definitely give it a run, uh, give him the, uh, run for some money. They have four trades that the avalanche have made in their history that I think stand out as, Legit, holy shit level trades. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to lead up to the net because I think that's probably the, the biggest top. one. Um, I'm going to start with one that, that w- when you were talking about the, the nuggets and some of the trades that they made, how they just never worked. This one came to my mind, even though it ultimately ended up working in the past. But I think, again, sometimes people forget that the first run at it technically didn't work out. Not technically, it didn't work out. Ray Bork. Uh, Ray Bork was uh, acquired from the Boston Bruins at the trade deadline uh, in the 99-2000 season. He was on the team that lost, one of the teams, that lost to the Dallas Stars in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals the year before the Avs went on to win the Cup. How fun that there were multiple of those teams. <laughs> uh yeah geez dude that was i remember crying yeah i was on crying. my family was on vacation in hawaii for both of those really yep we went back to back years and i watched i watched them lose those games uh in a restaurant in hawaii at like three o'clock in the afternoon because of the time difference yeah uh, I, uh... And it was it was just horrible man it was horrible yeah I watched uh, the second one, the 2000, uh, at the like official watch party at Pepsi Center on like the big board, which like looking back on it now, I'm like, this is probably like 10 megapixels. I can't even imagine what that looked like. Uh, but that was a trade that in its first year, looking at that to kind of be the final piece, didn't work out, didn't get him over the hump. 
Now, obviously, he becomes kind of the center of everything on the next cup run um, when they do eventually go on to beat the New Jersey Devils in seven games in 2001 uh, to get Ray Bork his first cup in a 22-year career. But that Ray Bork trade needed some pieces before it got over the hump. Yeah, I mean, needed, obviously, needed Rob Blake. <laughs> And needed, that's the next one to build the Rob Blake, Ray Bork, Adam foot. Defensive doom. Is the Ray Bork one, another one of your, excuse me, the Rob Blake one, another one of your trades. That's the Holy shit caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was Rob Blake. Like Ray Bork, you knew was at the end of his career. He was still a really, really good player. Yeah. At the end of his career. <laughs> But if you actually go back and rewatch that cup final, you'll see Ray Bork actually got eaten up in that series a bit. Uh, he was just, he was just spent. You can yeah. tell he was completely exhausted. He was, he was totally done for by the end of that. But do you know who wasn't totally done for <laughs> was Rob Blake, who was so sick. Yeah. In, in that final series and that whole that playoff a, run. That was a that was a tough trade because Adam Deadmarsh was a was a fan favorite. Um, Team but favorite, that, yeah. I mean, he he was best friends with Peter Forsberg. He's like the only guy Peter Forsberg actually ever liked. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, you bring in a guy who I remember Peter McNabb describing him as the Yarmer Yager of defensemen, and I mean, this is when Yager was. In his prime at, at his peak. Not 45-year-old Yager that's somehow still putting up 40-point season in the right, NHL. Right, right. But, like, the Yarmir Yager that was, like, decimating the league. Right, yeah, just, I mean, like, it was just a joke every time he jumped on the ice. No one could contain him. And, I mean, Rob Blake was really one of the first defensemen that I can remember, especially here in Colorado, that was, like, he was almost kind of, like, Adam Foot and Ray Bork mixed. He yeah, had the well, mean, he was nasty. So physical. He had that hip check that was just <sighs> devastating. And then he also scored 15 goals a year. Like, if it were right. not for Chris Pronger, he would have been the prototypical two way defenseman that everybody wanted to, to get. But Chris Pronger existed. So mm-hmm. Rob Blake was just the other guy who was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, those are two trades that tied everything together in 2001. Um, now, obviously, we're, we're leading up to Patrick Waugh here, but I do want to make note that the Avs are probably the only team, at least I can think of in Denver, who had a trade that was about moving a player out that has ended up being a huge net positive. And that's obviously the Matthew Shane deal. Maybe like the biggest blockbuster in season in Denver sports history. Yeah, I would say that in the Mellow deal. Those are the two Mm -hmm. ones where Mellow got traded to the Knicks um, because, you know, they got, they just, they cleaned out the Knicks franchise. (laughs) They got all of the good players from the Knicks. So that, uh, that's the only other in season and like it was about because Mello didn't want to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be in New York because his wife wanted to be in New York and she, she absolutely hated Denver. Um, and so like, those are the two deals where it was like those, those, those dudes didn't want the, they didn't want to be in, um, in town anymore. And so the, they got traded out and, both franchises made hay. I mean, the, yeah. the Nuggets did a great job. And then the Avs, obviously, you know, you look at how many of the pieces from that deal haven't worked out. Shane Bowers hasn't played an NHL game. Um, Matt Steinberg, still just a prospect. Some of the other, some of the other pieces, you know, Andrew Hammond was obviously gone immediately. But there um, was even a feel good story there. Yeah. There, there was the, <laughs> the brief glimpse of happiness there. Right. right. But I mean, if they all they got out of that deal was Sam Gerard and Bowen Byram, oh no, not that. 
I was going to say half of their top four. If they both get healthy, that's half of their top four this year and probably for the next half decade. Right. And and I mean, there's a lot of people who, again, I know he's kind of had a down year and now maybe you look at it, maybe some of the injury, but as recently as training camp this year, I think kind of the consensus was, and not even just among Sags fans, I wouldn't (laughs) trade Sam Gerrard for Matthew Shane one for one. No, no. Right now, I mean, all things considered, even right. with the season that Duchesne has had and with the the down year that Gerard has had, I would still say no. Mm-hmm. Moving yeah. forward, I mean, the, Sam Gerard's just such an important part of the defense, and he's still so young, and his contract is so good that you just have to value that guy. Yeah, and, and so he's just so important. And then obviously, look, but. <laughs> History could have been way different, man. Had they gotten Jack Hughes, history mm-hmm. could have gone way different. History could have been way different had they gotten Capo Cacao. You know, and hey, they wanted they wanted Kirby Doc something fierce. And, yeah. And when Chicago took him, and Kirby Doc has been a letdown in the NHL so far. Obviously, it's very early in his career, but Great he hasn't year. taken the steps forward yet to make you think. That would have been okay. Yeah. You know, but it, like you, they, they could have ended up with Jack Hughes. They could have had a one-two punch of Nathan McKinnon and Jack Hughes for all, a decade. And right. that might have been like, but that changes all of Avalanche history. The Nazem <laughs> Kadri trade doesn't happen. And so where does Tyson Berry get moved to? What's the package there? So there's so many, there's so many what ifs if the abs get any lotto luck whatsoever and they get the first overall pick uh, and they end up with Jack Hughes that year. And instead they get Bowen Byram. Hey, Bowen Byram was great. I think he's going to be a star. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade him under pretty much any sort. I wouldn't trade him unless one of the two or three best players in the NHL was on the table. Uh, And that's it. Go back to the Duchesne thing. I don't think. Yeah. No one would trade Byram for Duchesne one for one. No Absolutely. one. No if one. You, if, you tried to, if you tried to sell Byram and Gerard separately, you'd get a pretty penny for both. Mm-hmm. So you're talking, I, I mean, I just think that it's, uh, that's the future of their found. That's, that's the foundation of the defense that for Colorado is, you know, they Kale McCarr, Sam Gerard, Bowen Byram long-term, those three guys and two of them came from the Duchesne deal. Right, and all you gave up was Matt Duchesne. Yeah, and and if anything else, if anything else pans out, if Matt Steinberg's amazing season at Cornell puts him on a path towards being an NHL player, that's a huge win for you. Right. And that deal just gives you one more guy. So, Or even, you know, even, and and I know Shane Bowers doesn't, and we're kind of getting sidetracked here, but I know Shane Bowers doesn't have a ton of value but, you know, you package any of those guys in a deal that brings someone else in that just kind of yeah. adds to it. If you build on that trade tree and you, st- right. and you 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 get somebody that helps you out down the line, worth. Yeah, and it's funny because the franchise has actually had a couple of those deals. Um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. There was obviously the Eric Lindros situation when the yeah. franchise was still in Quebec. Kind of the reverse just, roles of John Elway. Not counting it because right. it happened in Quebec and... right. So that is a trade that that set up a lot for the Avs, brought in guys like Peter Forsberg. But um, after the team had moved to Denver, they brought what was really considered a pretty elite team from Quebec uh, to Colorado uh, in in a relocation as it just wasn't really a viable market anymore in Quebec. And a lot of people felt like, wow, this is a great team, but maybe they are a goaltender away. Then... Patrick Waugh gets left in net for nine goals against uh, as a Montreal Canadian and on his way off the ice against Detroit against the Detroit Red Wings on his way off the ice uh, tells then I believe it was the Montreal owner. Correct. Um, Sitting behind the bench. Who was sitting behind the bench. There didn't used to be glass behind the bench um, that he he was, he was done. He had played his last game for Montreal and it was just, I believe about 48 hours later, uh, blockbuster trade brings Patrick Waugh to Colorado. Uh, he would then go on to win the Stanley Cup later that same season and then add a second Stanley Cup and playoff MVP 
in 2001. Um, AJ, I think this is one that gives John Elway's a run for his money for the in for the, terms on, of the trade on right. on ice on ice abs- absolutely pushes the Elway deal because Patrick Waugh is the best goaltender of all time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and I mean without him there's a great chance this organization is one of those they've been around for 25 years and they don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. Because you, Jocelyn Tebow was looked at as one of the up and coming top goaltending prospects in the NHL. Uh, and if they don't go and get Patrick Waugh, they don't, if they don't just, we don't know what would have happened. We don't know what that world looks like. Uh, but Stefan Fisse and Jocelyn Tebow were the two guys in Colorado's net that year. And look, they they're it's funny because they've used one first round pick in their history on a goaltender, and it was their <laughs> first ever pick before the Avalanche even had a name. So <laughs> Mark Denis uh, didn't actually have a jersey to hold up; it was just the NHL logo. The NHL one, yeah. Uh, and ended up having a nice long NHL career. It might have been uh, Mark Denis might have been that guy that they would not be if Patrick Waugh was not in Colorado. Maybe Mark Denis is the best avalanche goaltender ever sitting here today. Right. But Patrick Watt did happen and, and shattered all of uh, the, all of the goaltending records that had, that existed at the time. Some of which got broken later on by uh, uh, Marty Brodeur, but uh, Patrick Watt and Patrick Watt ended up backstopping two Stanley cup teams. And, is the only player in NHL history to win three Conn Smythe trophies. Yeah. Across three different decades. I, that's always my favorite little tidbit about that. Eighties, nineties, and two thousands. He won three different playoff MVPs. Yeah. So the people, the people in here that, and the people in our chat that are like easily the best trade ever is John Elway. I look, it's an enormous, if we stick to just on field impact, I think Patrick Waugh has an argument. Yeah. No, um, absolutely. If you and get and beyond I, that into the cultural aspect of things, it's no doubt John Elway. Yeah. But yeah. just for what they did as players. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, there was there was someone in, in the chat way earlier that had said Patrick Waugh came in and won two championships within five years. It took John Elway 20 years to get there. Well, and it took, Again, it took John Elway having an MVP running back. Right, right, right. A, a, yeah. a running back that ended up in the Hall of Fame uh, <laughs> because of his play during that era, during that run especially, that two Super Bowl run. Because um, well, Elway, Elway was at the end of the, the career there. Like, he was he was okay. Go well, back and, and you that... watch the Super Bowl win against the Packers. John Elway wasn't great. <laughs> he, he wasn't <laughs> awesome. He's been... His most impact, uh, his most impactful play in that game was him running on third and seven. And so, and you know, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, it's a great play. Everyone remembers it, but yeah, um, helicopter, of course. Yeah, but you know, I I think about because so many people talk about um the two thousand one ABS team, and oh, there were so many great players, but they were on the verge of losing that cup final and Patrick Waugh basically actually both of their cup finals, Patrick Waugh just decided like, yeah, no, I'm done giving up goals. I'm, 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 I'm done losing, doing any of that stuff. There's the yeah, great I mean, story that no more rats, no more rats. I was just about to no say more there's rats. a great story. He gave up one goal in Florida. The team was up two to nothing in the series. He gave up one goal during the next TV timeout. He went to the bench and said, no more rats. And he didn't give up a goal for the rest of the series. I mean, you know, I just, I don't know of any other player across any sport who had the ability to just decide when to flip that switch to that level. Like Patrick Waugh had Patrick Waugh. And you saw him do it. He had more games played and more wins just in the Stanley cup playoffs than a lot of goaltenders end up with in their careers. Yeah. He had 151 wins in the postseason. It's crazy. Like, yeah, and in Colorado, 
he was unbelievable. His worst postseason as a member of the Avalanche was a nine. He had a nine oh six save percentage. <laughs> so in the late nineties, early two thousands, too. Yeah, when guys were not putting up nine twenties, and he was. Uh, he finished his career, his postseason career, as a nine eighteen goaltender. With a 2.3 goals against average and 23 shutouts. It was game six of 2000 of the 2001 finals is one of the ones to me that has always stuck out as like, it was just, it was, it was on another level. Yeah. Well, where like was, you could tell five minutes in, he wasn't going to give one up. It was the defending champs, the New Jersey devils trying to close out the series at home with Martin Brodeur. The other guy that everybody talked about as the greatest goalie ever one-on-one head to head. And the Devils outplayed the Avs like crazy. They did everything they could to end that game. And Patrick Waugh just said no. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people that thought that Patrick Waugh's play had been kind of on like a downward trend that series. And then he lets in one goal across games six and seven when the stakes are at their highest. Just, I mean out of control and so i i really do i think it comes down to john elway and patrick waugh um as in terms of the biggest trades that have ever been made uh in in colorado sports history obviously if russell wilson goes on to you know have have a huge impact and bring championships here he enters into that conversation um again there's there's a lot of talk to be or there's a conversation to be had um about that Eric Lindros deal that set up so many things for the Colorado Avalanche. And obviously the abs are, the abs are a, a, a cup favorite. They've got three days this year to maybe make a deal that, that also puts it its name into this kind of category uh, if they get over the hump. But uh, basically AJ, what I've taken away from this is Denver sports fans are very lucky. <laughs> oh dude. Denver sports fans have had it good. Pretty, pretty much since the Avalanche got to town. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rockies showed up and the Rockies made the playoffs faster than any expansion team ever up until that point. Uh, then the then the Avs showed up and won a cup in their first year. All the while, the Nuggets existed. Um, <laughs> they, they were fun during the 80s and the 90s we just won't talk about. Uh, and then they were fun again during the 2000s, and then there was a brief down period. And now, now you have three legitimate championship contenders between the Broncos, the Nuggets, and the Abs. And we're talking the Abs just won the President's Trophy last season. They right. lead the NHL today. They lead the NHL. Right. So they could they could win another President's Trophy. Uh, and and we'll see, man. I just. It's a wonderful time for Denver sports. It's a wonderful time. And the Russell Wilson deal really brings back the Broncos from the dead. Because in 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 this version of the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, it was just, and again, I feel, feel bad for our Rockies folks. But, you know, our uh, DNVR sports Twitter account the other day, um, had tweeted out there's a picture of Nikola Jokic, homegrown draft pick, Nathan McKinnon, homegrown draft pick, Kale McCarr, homegrown draft pick, superstars, all three of those guys, superstars. And now via trade, you add a guy like Russell Wilson just to that sports scene. I know we've had the talk on this show before about who the face of Denver sports is. And I think that's an interesting question because it's like, okay, well, are you talking about who the best player is, who is the most famous player who, you know, whatever, whatever. But either way, you now have four players across three different teams that are truly in an elite tier at bare minimum. However you want to divide up the conversation. I don't think there's any of them that are outside of the top 10 at their position. Mm -hmm. I, I think for most of those guys, there's a solid argument for them all being in the top five at their position. Well, and the abs, the abs alone have, Two of the yeah. top 10 defensemen in the NHL. They have a top five center and two of the top 10 left and right wings in the NHL. Right. Right. Like they're the, the abs alone are 
unbelievably Loaded. stacked. Yeah, and and it's part of the reason why. God, make sure you guys go get Ivaca TV so that you can see this stuff because it has been one of the the things that has frustrated me most. Thankfully, I, I've been able to to catch every game this year. Uh, come on down to the DNVR bar. We have every Abs and Nuggets game on. Um, but just if if you are a casual fan of the Avalanche, if you're a big uh, Nuggets fan, Broncos fan, Rogers fan, please, please, please try to get in front of a TV and watch what the product that this team has to put on the ice right now. Because um, even in terms of like Denver sports teams, this roster, again, got to put it all together, but is maybe one of the best that we've ever seen in terms of pure talent at every position. Um, it's wild. And, and it's very impressive. It's, it's great that as a, as a city, we got to add Russell Wilson to that list of superstars. And it wasn't a trade, but none of you assholes are going to stop me from being excited about Chris Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, so I, I was actually bummed because yeah, yeah. Here's celebrating behind the scenes. I was bummed. because I was like, Oh damn, we can use him free agent signing, but maybe we'll do a show on, on uh, signings and just players that have, come to Denver in general. Um, AJ, I'm glad we made it through this without having to bail on it and go do a different show. Um, yeah. But this does now mean that we'll probably get off this one and have to get on an emergency pod in like 20 minutes. So um, yeah, there's that. Uh, AJ, thanks for doing this with me. Big shout out to Yahir as always, uh, making sure you guys can see and hear us uh, making us sound good. Uh, big shout out to him. Thank you guys all for joining along. This is the Denver Sports Podcast brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. For AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. We will talk to you guys next week.